Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. The Los Angeles Lakers are about to win a championship. Adam Mattis, how are you doing, buddy? Knock, knock on wood. You don't want to jinx it. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, we today have a super fun podcast lined up for you guys. I get to cry victim for the first segment <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, this is a safe space. We're okay, going to talk yeah. about the, the executive of the year award. Uh, and the joke that it was, and the joke that like awards in general tend to be nowadays. We are then going to talk about in the second segment, now that you know, it looks like this season is going to be wrapped up over the weekend, either I, I think the Lakers are going to win uh, Friday night. They, game six would be Sunday. I can't imagine it goes much further than beyond. But, you know, it'd be, it, it would be a fun surprise if it does. If it does end, though, we're going to look back on – the the bubble and whether or not it was a success and how we feel about it now that it's just about wrapped up and then finally to highlight how adam and i feel about the award season in the nba we are we have crafted our own awards our own regular season awards and we are going to hand out those as this week's version of the power rankings let's go ahead and start though with uh, Rob Polinka losing. I out love that on... you started with Rob Polinka on the set. Where you're going with this tells you exactly. You started with Rob Polinka. He's actually not the story, but mm-hmm. he can become the story should you choose to make him the story. Do you want? I I, I can frame it in in a way where he isn't the story, but we'll we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> okay. So Lawrence Frank wins that, that's the actually award. The story. He wins the award by trading for Paul George, and that trade got Sam Presti second place for executive of the year <laughs> it was a win-win so trade makes makes <laughs> makes a whole bunch of sense to everybody involved uh rob polinka falls all the way down to seventh i think only garnering one first place vote from uh the executives who voted here let's i let's first talk about the award itself and, <laughs> okay. because this this to me is really this this is I've heard all day that it's a regular season award and that all of these, these awards are regular you've heard season that, awards. You've heard that, Anthony, because it is true. And what is most important about that detail is that it is voted on after the regular season, prior okay. to Okay, okay. But if you were voting on it right after the regular season, the Lakers were the second best team in the NBA. Yeah. And they did the most to position themselves as such. They, they, they hired a coach. No, right. Like, like literally, right. They hired Come a coach. Okay, they, 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 they traded a whole bunch for Anthony Davis. They signed, you know, the, the, the supporting cast around him. You're in, it's funny to me that you're, cause you're, I can tell that you're inside of one bubble and I'm not saying it's a right or wrong bubble, but just I'm like not in Orlando. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that this stuff doesn't sound ridiculous. To, I'm this is the first time I'm hearing it from you. It okay. doesn't sound as ridiculous right now as it does to me because to me I'm sitting here and I'm going, yeah, yes, they hired a coach. That's part of the job. Okay, they did that part. Um, right. Yeah. But but like Rob Palenka had probably the harder job, right? Lawrence Frank was able to add two really really good players to a 48 win team last year. Congratulations. Right, right. And they still fell well short of expectations. So if it's a regular season award, they Frank didn't. In the reg- they did won. not in the regular season fall short of expectations. They were. They were supposed. To, I was getting told they were going to win sixty-five games. They were on pace to win like fifty-three after winning forty-eight uh, the year prior. Uh, well, you need to be told by different people. Okay. <laughs> you need to get outside. <laughs> I mean, look, they were the two seed despite taking so much time off. I mean, the the real thing is that the whole season they took all that time off and they still had a two seed, whereas most of the teams behind them 
were gunning for the one seed all year and still came up behind them. But, you know, I think that there is a point to be made about Lawrence Frank and saying, here's, here's my, my big takeaway about this award. Okay. It's, it's inherently impossible to make this decision because what you're basically saying is who was the best GM within the last 365 days. But of mm-hmm. course, teams aren't built in 365 days, including the right. Lakers. The Lakers, this mm-hmm. was really a two-year rebuild with the Lakers. I mean, they had a step one with LeBron. They had a step two with Anthony Davis and all the other pieces that they put around him. So if you're looking at this, if you're Rob Polenka, maybe I think a person like me might look at this and go, well, let's see. They had LeBron James in tow. And they had Rich Paul behind them and a million other things coercing themselves to be able to get this. Was it impressive that Rob Plain, you know, was able to manage that? Sure, because they could have not gone that well. But at the end of the day, I think most people, myself included, look at that and go, there were forces at work that were aiding Rob Polinka to assemble this team. You look at a team, you know, Masai Ujiri, a Tim Conley, a Danny Ainge, I can't believe Bob Myers got a vote on here. I mean, that's kind of bizarre. I just, I'm reading down the list. Like, what? What were people watching? Can you this vote for year? yourself. <laughs> Hold on. Bob Myers got a vote this year. <laughs> they were the worst team in, in the Western Conference. He got a. I mean, whatever. Anyway, can, so, I, can I also point out? Like, it's it's also possible that the that the executives who vote on this stuff didn't take it particularly seriously. And that's why what would you, you though? Into. And this is one of my point is it's not yeah. a serious award because, you know, for example, I'm going to use Denver because I I know them. Tim Conley assembled a team that went to the Western Conference Finals off of almost exclusively second round picks and late first round picks. Now, did he do that this year? No. But he has done that, and this was the the fruits of all the seeds that he planted are finally being come come to harvest. But of course, you wouldn't say he deserves executive of the year award because it was spread out all over all this time. Yeah, so he didn't do anything different this year. Exactly, it just it was a, a plan in place for several years, Graham and this was, was the year it reached. So yeah. to me, like, do GMs make their name in one year? Of course not. There was there's always years of work that's laid. Um, so this, to me, this award, it's, it's, there's a lot of things we create conversation and create debate out of. I think this might be the single dumbest one. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I, 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 I would dare you to log on to Twitter on any given day and find something dumber than this. We should do this next year. Maybe we'll, we'll come up with our list of the dumbest debates that took over. We argued about the objective color of a dress. A couple of years back. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but but I, I also think, so I agree with you completely. And the other thing too, I think here, that, that's, so if they are regular season awards, award them right after the regular season. That would, that would solve 50 to 75% of this conversation. Because like all Laker fans right now are sitting here. And again, like I, 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 you're right that the pushback is somewhat warranted from people who are saying, you guys, it was a regular season award. On this one, I, 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 I would tend to disagree. But, you know, about Giannis winning MVP, about him winning Defensive Player of the Year, stuff like that, you could say it, it, what, what happened in the playoffs has no weight, holds no weight on this one. So if that's the case, and if as that is the case, just reward, award it right after the, the postseason or, or the, the, the regular season. Taking yeah, I don't day. know why they waited this long to get to it. It does feel a little bit weird. I mean, I mean, yeah. but look, man, everybody said this when Dirk Nowitzki had to accept his MVP in the second round. There was everybody saying, well, was it really an MVP? And, of course, it's always easy in hindsight. The team that wins, it feels like they should win every award. Well, why was it AD Defensive Player of the Year and LeBron MVP and Vogel Coach of the Year? And, like, yes, at the I end agree, of the season, Adam, I, I appreciate you saying like it out that. loud. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
just this award to me, you can you can huff and puff. If I were to make a vote on on who I think, I think Sam Presti or Pat Riley probably have the greatest sort of argument to make on this list because those are guys that I think threaded the more difficult needle in, in assembling their rosters. But you know, at the end of the day, we can argue back and forth of it. Honestly, I, I, I find agree, it weird that Lakers which is fans weird want... to me that like I don't understand why Lawrence Frank would win it. If I agree, I because I agree with you that Sam Presti pulled off the tougher job. Right. And aligned his organization really well moving forward by doing that really good job. Right. Like that, that is great. Well, do, GMing. You, do you remember when, uh, Dar- uh, no, it wasn't Daryl Morey. Who's the uh, Sam, uh, Sam Hinkie penned his letter and he talked about how he voted for executive of the year for somebody that like got value out of a second round pick or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was like some obscure little minor detail. And if we're being on it, the thing that's funny about his comment there is that actually is, if this is how dumb the award is, is that actually is a legitimate reason. Somebody that made a little bit out of nothing rather than like made something out of given something. And that's what I think happened with, in my opinion, with Rob Palenka, he was handed uh, an enormous advantage and he capitalized on it. Does he get credit for capitalizing on it? Of course. Does he also get handicapped because he was handed that incredible advantage? Yes. So no matter how you slice this award, I just think it's a silly one. Some years, maybe it's a little bit more clear. This year, there was just so much movement that people had to take a stab at which move will pay off the most and, and all this stuff. And people guessed Clippers. They were wrong. I, we're we're going to pick up on this conversation in the third segment, obviously. But I think kind of. the inherent problem with all of these awards is that we have no clue what goes into like what how votes are cast and what people oh. should be looking for and what they look for in any given season. So like what they are, what they are, why they exist is to brew conversation when otherwise we yeah. might not have it. And and I can if that is the case, then releasing them right as the postseason is getting uh, is is about to get underway doesn't really make a ton of sense, right? Because the conversation is going to be about the postseason. So if you release them during the postseason, all of today was focused a lot while yeah, the, the finals appear to be a dud, right? Right, because it's going to be a five-game win for the Lakers. I think the NBA is saying we can here we can bring you back in. We can bring you back into the the tent that we've that we've put up this year, the bubble that we've put up uh, this year, and 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 find a different conversation for you guys to be able to have online. So in that yeah. regard, it, it serves its purpose. I think another thing that you're dancing around here and i don't know this is healthy the postseason has always been different from the playoffs but usually it was talked Mm -hmm. about as it was different because of the degree of intensity and the pressure and this or that now i think it's different because teams approach it differently like the regular season doesn't matter and this is an award that was based off of a regular season that we now know was so different from the postseason i mean lawrence frank and john horse come in number one number four they were out quick Mm-hmm. their teams were out quick i should say yep it's just there's a growing gap there that i i don't know that it's fully healthy but we'll we'll see all right let's take a quick second when we come back we are going to talk about the bubble that by the time you guys are listening to this might be hours away from being past tense now so uh hang tight we're going to talk about whether or not we considered this whole experiment successful How are we defining successful here? Because having seen what baseball has gone through and how they mm. in some ways matched what basketball did because of what they were going through to start their their yeah. experiment, 
to see what now football is going through, which is just a disaster in and of itself. Are we defining the success just by getting to this point or, or how are you defining the success here? Um, I think it's a success. I mean, the way I have to define success was this isn't an, we, we forget this. This is an entertainment business. And I thought the bubble was very entertaining and they did not have a single case from a player inside the bubble. I think that's an incredible achievement. Mm-hmm. They somehow convinced all of these NBA athletes, coaches, training staff, everybody to go down to a bubble and, and be there. I thought throughout this process with regards to COVID, they were a very good sort of, um, Example. They set a good example that, hey, when you follow protocols and you take this seriously, you can mm-hmm. actually have your cake and eat it too. And I think that's what they that's what they did. And then I think one of the things you have to look at, Anthony, was did the right team win? Because I do think, look, I love my Denver Nuggets. I think they are way better than people think. But had they won this one, I think that a lot of people would have said, I don't know. Right? They mm-hmm. just would have questioned it. I think that's true for a lot of the Utah Jazz had they done that. Um the Lakers, I think it's pretty clear, are probably the best team that were in this playoffs. I think you'd have a hard time making an argument that they weren't. Would they have gone five-game series four times in a row? Maybe not. Maybe they would have gone six games. Maybe one of those would have yeah. gone to seven. But I think you'd have a hard time saying, oh, they shouldn't have won the championship here. So you step back, you take it all in, and I think you say, yeah, that was a success. They did um, – you know, it, it went off the way it was supposed to. But there is one giant failure wrapped around all of this. And maybe it's not a failure at all, but that is that nobody's watching Anthony, and that's very, very concerning. We are taught we always thought LeBron big draw, Lakers big draw. You get LeBron in a Lakers jersey in the finals, and nobody's watching. I think if you're Adam Silver, you look at that and you go, I think this is because it's October. I think it's because of all these other factors that will go away. But there's still something in the back of my head watching this, going, guys like you and me, we enjoyed the bubble. Doesn't seem like the casual fan did. So there was a report, I believe, from the Times, or I think it was the Times. Some somebody from one of the one of the publishers from uh, from New York said that uh, reported that Adam Silver was surprised by the low ratings, was right. was taken aback by the low ratings, and and yeah, he can you know maybe maybe in his you know kind of tighter circles professionally, he might say, well, you know, this just further proves why we were why we're trying so hard to get the season back to a normal calendar because this is a rough time to have all this there's just so much going on but if he's actually the leader that i think you and i think him to be i think he's very good at his job he can't think of it that way he he has to actually look at this honestly and 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 wonder what's going on here is it just the cord cutting is it is it the product itself is it the way that it's market, marketed? In my opinion, that's where I think the, the NBA has the furthest way to go. You listen to, you listen to Tony call a football game, and he never sounds anything other than yeah. delighted to be there and right. that he loves the sport. You listen to Jeff Van Gundy, he sounds like he's doing chores. Right. I, I mean, and I, and yeah. I think if that's if it, like he's he has the biggest put it all platforms, on right? But here's the thing, Anthony. With any business, especially a, a major business like this, these things are usually um, cruise ships, not speedboats. Meaning things are mm-hmm. change, change, things turn very, very slowly, and oftentimes you don't know that they've turned until not too late, After but but until mm-hmm. things are like really you know, oh, now we're going in a different direction. And I, I, I'm with you. I think the NBA has to take a real look at their media partners 
and maybe try to establish a little bit more control over that or at least yeah. try to or maybe if not control because i do think there's a problem too when you control your own narrative but i do think that they need to influence their television partners not to chase short-term gains which is what yes. the nba has done mm-hmm. for 20 years chase the let's get the stars let's promote the stars let's do this let's you know let's drama we like the off the off-court drama is more exciting than the on-court drama like let's let's play up all of those things and how do we do debate Hashtag shows this league <laughs> Hashtag this league. But I think that you find out that if you really dress up your, your plate with all of the uh, frills and all of the fillers and the steak gets smaller and smaller, people aren't going to come and get excited for dinner. And I think that's sort of what has happened with the NBA. Then on top of that, you have to look in, okay, media landscape is changing. It can't be overstated that all of the leagues are seeing declines. The NFL is, the Major League Baseball. Everybody is starting to fragment where they kind of get siloed into. Mm-hmm. And I think the NBA is losing people for a variety of reasons, but some of it is just plain and simple. If you have, you have to always be competing for people's attention. And if you miss the mark, those people just are not, they don't even, they're, they're in this whole different silo where they don't even see or hear from you anymore. Well, and, and like you talked about the short-term gains and I would say over the last, I'd say five or six years, we've seen that push to the nth degree right? Where, where the things that generate clicks are, you know, NBA trade rumors, Lakers trade rumor, Lakers free agent rumor. That's the SEO that you you always try to pursue if you're running a a website. And, and I think the NBA saw that and saw what, what those, what, what everybody was covering and thought that that was a direction that they, that they should have gone in. But at the end of the day, the times that you can act, the thing you can actually monetize, you can't really monetize trade rumors in the same way. Nobody wants, you have way fewer people watching shows like The Jump and, and uh, what's the TNT show, uh, NBA? Inside the NBA. Inside the NBA. You have way fewer people watching those shows than the actual games. So you got to focus on ways to monetize the games and make those games more interesting. And we've seen a, a product become softer with all of the free throws and three point shots that people are taking, there are, there are a ton of people out there who are interested in in a different game. Maybe I think there's look, I think there's a little bit of that there, but I don't think that's the number one driver. I think we have to be honest that I think all of it though. Well, I think, I think the number one thing is that it's harder to keep people's attention. And if you don't, the thing about leaning into the drama, the soap opera of the NBA is that that soap opera better be a great episode every single time. Cause if it's not, Going over to YouTube, going over to anywhere else, any other yeah. of the thousands of outlets we have to sort of entertain ourselves. But, you know, your original question was about the bubble. And I think the NBA faces real, real challenges. Another thing I'll say about what I think happened this year and this season specifically might have jumped the shark a little bit. <laughs> You're going to hate this, but I think we might have jumped the shark a little bit on player empowerment and player movement in this mm. one way. Do you feel like Anthony Davis? Well, Anthony Davis has had like some really good games. Do you think LeBron has had any of his most memorable games throughout this playoff run? Like, how many of the games in this playoff run do you think will finish in his top ten most memorable moments? I mean, his he, the bar is so high with LeBron. It is. It's incredibly right? so, high. So I don't think he's met the bar he's lifted. He's lifted for himself. And I and I hundred percent agree. And it's not that he's been bad; he's been very good. It's just that it hasn't felt like he's been pushed. And sometimes that happened, like the '96 Bulls, the 2001 Lakers, the '73 Win Warriors, where you're like, okay, they were just so dominant. But there's something about this year where I just feel like they almost won game. Was it game three or game four? They almost won. LeBron was bad. AD was bad. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler was historically good. 
still almost lost. And I think right. there's just a little bit of that when people watching going, we tune in to see this, the greatness, to see this. And sometimes the Lakers are great because they have two phenomenal players and a great cast. But sometimes they just win because they're better than everyone. And I yeah. think that's the feeling people have gotten from this run. Well, and, and, and I think we saw some of that with the Warriors, right? Like you want, you want the villain. I think also this is too early in the cycle. And I think next year the interest might be there because of the way the Lakers ran through the, the, yeah, the playoffs here. Yeah, it kind of and snuck up on people a little bit. How yeah, you'll get, you'll get more of the villain aspect of it, the, 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 the big, bad, maniacal empire Lakers right. uh, can be knocked off next year. I think there'll be some, some interest driven there. But, but uh, yeah, I, I really think like with these finals specifically, it was already a lopsided matchup in my opinion. And then on, not, not necessarily like you, you probably disagree in terms of basketball, but in terms of the way that the casual fan views it, wait, one team has LeBron and Anthony Davis. Right. And all the other team has is Jimmy Butler. Right. I don't know how many casual Two weeks things. ago, he was like, yeah, the 11th or 12th best player. I mean, I do think he's kind of earned more respect than that, but yeah, it still absolutely. feels a lot like David versus Goliath and Goliath. <laughs> And then and Two then you tune into that you tune into that first game and Bam gets hurt and yeah. Goran gets hurt. Well, first of all, then, nobody tuned into that first game, so I'd love to believe this theory, but nobody turned into that one either. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if, if you, you were to, if you were to try to define everything that went into like the, specifically with these finals, why nobody is watching? It's it's that you know it was already a lopsided event, and then the other team got even worse, significantly worse on paper. And then game two was a blowout. Game two was just a butt kicking. So at that point, you're like, all right, we know how this is going to go. And I, I would have been interested to see how the ratings looked if the Lakers lost game four and we were sitting at 2-2. And LeBron now has to reach back and find that kind of moment. But I, I'm, I think it'll be a huge rating in L.A. because the Lakers are about to win a championship. But outside of that, I'm not sure how many people are going to watch. Uh, well, let me say this. I because a lot of the focus this year has been on Kobe Bryant and the death of him and just the loss that that meant for basketball fans in general. One thing I keep thinking about Kobe's goal, one of his goals was to save and change the way we talked about the game of basketball because he loved it so much. And I think that he hated the way it was being discussed. And I think of all the things we lost and we lost a lot of things. I think when we lost Kobe, that's one that I keep coming back to every time I have to listen to some annoying rings culture talk conversation or trade mm -hmm. rumor or guy choked this or that. I think that Kobe wanted us to appreciate basketball and hold guys to high standards. Yeah. It's not that he didn't believe in players choking or step or whatever. It's just that the way that gets talked about, I think it doesn't in some ways feel like it gets worse and worse every year. And that I've been thinking about a lot. We lost because well, they, they I think he could have really made a difference. ESPN, TNT, Disney, whoever it was, was was begging Kobe to to hop on those studio shows. And he said, no, I would rather focus on right. smaller aspects of the game and really highlight them. Yep. We're going to miss him, man. We really are. Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to have a little bit of fun, send you off into the weekend with a few laughs uh, as we talk about our our power ranking of made-up awards that the NBA should maybe consider adding to it. They never will. You'll, you'll see. This is going to be really dumb, but really fun. <laughs> you, you entered or you entered the break by saying this is going to be really dumb and really fun. Yes, this was this was kind of sort of my idea. The made up <laughs> awards. You can always tell. 
yeah. where, where, where one of our concepts comes up. This was, this was me, although you bought into it. You were, this was about as excited for one of my ideas as, as I've seen you. Um, I don't remember it being your idea, so that's why I was excited. Really? Now that you tell me that it is, I am much <laughs> less excited about it. All right. Well, now that we have you on that note, uh, let's go ahead and start with your, with your what is it, number First eight? award. These are the top five best awards that should oh, have happened okay. if we found out that there are these dumb awards. We, we could have made up our own. My first one, Anthony, you've heard of the Sixth Man of the Year Award. Uh-huh. I always wonder, a bench is 10 people. Why do we have only one for one of the guys off the bench? <laughs> We shouldn't, it shouldn't be the first. It shouldn't be the last. I think it should be the ninth man of the year award. All right. Uh, what are we looking for from a ninth man? Well, this is important here because you do have to bring some, t- you have to play, but you don't uh-huh. play very much, you know, maybe 10 <laughs> minutes and that's it. A little bit more of a utility player, but you have to be a great bench celebrator. That's, yes. that's the number one. I mean, Ron, this should uh-huh. be the Ronnie Turioff award. He was, Ooh. I think he was the best of all time. Man, I've ever hope, seen. I, Jen won't listen to this, but she's going to love that shout out. I, I, I think that Mike Miller might be number two all time. He was, he was also a, a first ballot hall of famer on Robert the bench. Sacre. I'm going to go to uh, you know, get out of here with those. I don't even remember. Is that our, did you just make up a name here? No, I'm just kidding. Of course. I, I don't did. remember him. Uh, Myers Leonard. I think he gets it this year inside the bubble. We have seen him nonstop on the other side of that little barrier, which I think is illegal, but he's been there the entire time. <laughs> he's been flexing. Like he just yeah. keeps flexing every time anything big happens. If I look like Myers, Myers Leonard, I would constantly flex. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, this is exactly what Myers Leonard is doing. He knows how he looks, and so he keeps doing it. Um, look, man, he was a phenomenal ninth man this year, especially inside the bubble. He looks like a character, an extra from a CW show, or like from I don't Twilight. know what that means. Well, like, did you ever watch the Twilight movies? You'd never watch. The what are you, what are you, you, know you asking me? What are you asking me, Anthony? You just say that out loud. Did I ever watch the Twilight movies? You know I've what they seen, are. I've never seen Spider Man or Superman or Batman or any of these. Come on now, man. Of course, I haven't seen the Twilight. <laughs> Those of you movie. listening right now are laughing your butts away. off because he does look like a character from the CW. All like right, the whole well, Portland Trailblazers team, once upon a time, looked like a CW basketball team. Anywho, um, no, I. So the 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 thing that I, I also enjoyed about Myers Leonard, and I wish we would get more of. I just the the ninth man should always wear the microphone always oh that's true yeah nobody else should ever wear the microphone give that guy the mic let him let him let him you know they never catch anything all that important but i'm sure they do i'm sure the person whose job that is has like an hour's worth of footage (laughs) like well can't use that can't use that can't use that we we, that would be a great podcast guest right (laughs) for sure for (laughs) sure because you know there's been some like whoa yeah right 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 all right Uh, right. so what's your next award was there was there was there anybody else you considered for that for that uh i did the least amount of work on this list as possible anthony you know that so no there's no honorable mentions here all right hey you 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 took my approach congrats we you we've heard of the rookie of the year award we hand Mm -hmm. it out every year yeah but why not award the third year the junior of the year award because why stop at rookie year sometimes guys they're, they're, they're and i have to give this one of course to ben simmons this is his third time now winning he's won the rookie of the year award uh yeah. his second year now he's won the junior of the year award his fourth year it's a very impressive award actually didn't didn't he win the rookie of the year award this year isn't he wasn't he in the running <laughs> he, he wasn't eligible but he was eligible for the junior of the sure year felt like I, that it. was a dumb joke so we can move on um <laughs> You we are. have the next award is the media disrespecting us award. Ooh, this is the a media's good one. disrespecting award. It's crazy because usually, Anthony, usually the Lakers have no chance 
to win this award. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've heard this here from Lakers fans, but they have been very disrespected. Hashtag we believe. Hashtag we believe. Because like some blogger in, in like uh, uh, Wisconsin <laughs> didn't pick them to win the title this year and, and also didn't vote for all of their players. To I be know the who you are, winner. Eric. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, they joined the other 29 teams in a 30-team tie for the Media Disrespecting Us Award. This is the first ever 30-team tie. Nobody believed in anybody <laughs> this year. The this media... Is- this is, I'm not even kidding. This is one of my favorite running bits that isn't actually a bit in the NBA. That every single matchup, they always try to outdo each other with who <laughs> doubted us more. Who's the most doubted entity? The most doubted team? Like we had, remember, remember when the, uh, the Warriors, the Warriors, like that was the, the nth degree example of this was the, when? during the Kevin Durant era. They did not have no. That, they no, did. no, they, they did, did not. Anthony, this is a false memory. We can look up Andy Lou's timeline, and he had all kinds of we believe stuff there. Man, That's Lakers actually where really I got just, the idea for they're this. They're just bit. Andy Lou clones, man. I'm telling you, the whole Lakers media. All right, let's move on. All right, um, we have the least improved award, least improved player. We always do the most improved, which you know can jump off the page. And I hate to say, it, I didn't even realize till we did this that this yeah, is. I know, I just realized one, too. One player has two awards in this. It's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has won the least improved. This is so harsh. I want to. I want to go through some stats here, though. Last yeah. year, thirty-four minutes. This year, thirty-five. So he upped his minutes. That's a, that. That part's impressive. He shot fifty-seven percent last year, fifty-eight percent this year from the field. That's pretty good. He took zero threes last year. He took zero. Well, I guess I should do look at the total amount of threes this year. He took six last year. He took seven. So a little improvement there. A little improvement. <laughs> he averaged sixteen point nine points. Sixteen point four this year. A little down. Um, seven point seven assists. Eight point zero assists. Almost identical. The stats, Anthony. Minute for minute, is, almost identical. <laughs> this is wild. It is this wild. Is crazy that, and, that we made up. We <clears throat> we're not even kidding. We we were going to give this award to somebody else. Well, I was <laughs> actually going to name it the Andrew Wiggins Award, but by definition of what this award is asking for, this is as good as it gets. You're not going to find anything better than this. He averaged 17 points as a rookie. 18 points as a sophomore. Seven. This is per 36 minutes. 17 points again as a junior. He's got the same. I mean, the numbers from top to bottom, three years in a row, stagnant. It's just a straight line. It's a, it's incredible. <laughs> they say growth isn't linear, but <laughs> it's horizontal in this case. Um, <laughs> all right, this brings us to our last one. You know, at the end of a playoff, you always award a champion, but I think that we should also award one for the end of the regular season. Yeah, the, the participation award. The participation award goes to the regular season champion, and that has to be your Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> they win the participation award. This is a, this is the meanest thing we've ever done, Anthony. I like the Bucks. Sorry, Bucks so, fans. So, I mean, if that if that one blogger from Wisconsin had just picked the Lakers, I wouldn't have <laughs> asked you to do all this. But the you brought this up earlier and we have a little bit of space here on the back end of the show. And you talked about the difference between the regular season and the postseason, and how they are such different styles of play. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I tend to agree just because like baseball runs into the same problem too, where even this year, it's even weirder where they had three game series and five game series to open up to play the, the postseason. That's so random. Like the, the Houston Astros are just, a buzzsaw right now after being bad all year. But for, for basketball, 
I, I really think the smart teams are going to start using the, the regular season. And this is where you run into the issue with fans and entertainment all over again. The smart teams are going to use the regular season to develop pitches B, C, and D. So the come postseason, you're, you're, you're yeah. able to be diverse enough to, to adjust to whatever the postseason presents you. But over the course of the regular season, a casual fan isn't really going to be interested in that. What makes the NFL is like appointment viewing every single weekend. Every game is that matters. Every single one of those games really matter. Here's the difference, though. If the Lakers are good during the regular season, their fan base is going to get to see a media constituency that talks about how great the Lakers are. If the Lakers are bad mm. during the regular season, Lakers fans are going to get a media constituency that talks about how great the Lakers are. If, <laughs> if any other team is bad during the regular season, they get tuned out. They're done. Like Teams need to gun for regular season wins to build any type of momentum. And I think this is one thing that I'm with you. Like I really do worry about this. And I, I don't want to cut games, Anthony, because I love basketball. And I want, I'd rather watch a bad basketball game on a Tuesday night than not watch any basketball. I'd, rather, I'd seriously rather would. Maybe I'm different from most people. But I do think that there is something to the regular season. Just get into the playoffs, get healthy. And like you said, there are real uses, like figuring some different things out. But it does really feel like, what was the point of getting to 68 wins again? Didn't really matter. Doesn't, this, this stuff doesn't really matter. Literally so. this year, it didn't matter at all. And some of this was the bubble. <laughs> I mean, I do think yeah. Milwaukee would have been tougher to beat three out of five times if three of those five times come mm-hmm. you know, in Milwaukee. But you know, those are the breaks. And um, I don't know. It's a tough one. You, you, you said earlier that you think Adam Silver has been fantastic. And I think, look, I think he's a great guy. And I think he's been he's, – there's some issues he's really had to tackle, and I think he's done them with grace and everything else. He has a – I think the NBA is facing some interesting pivot points right now, both mm-hmm. in style of play, balance of power, compa- you know, parity, fairness, television contracts, regular season versus post. I think there's some real things that are starting to show some cracks where you look at it and you go, oh, wow. I don't think any of these are going to sink the NBA, but those are real challenges ahead um, that we didn't necessarily see five years ago. Well, he gets the benefit of the other commissioners out there are Roger Goodell and, yeah, and there's some bad ones. Rob Manfred. So, yeah, yeah, there's some bad ones. So he, you know, he's doing a fantastic job because those other guys can't stop falling over each other. Uh, but I, 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 I just think with with basketball, it, I just we we want habits. NBC's Thursday nights back when they had the office in, in parks and rec oh, sure. and 30 rock and community. It was Thursday night appointment viewing. I knew I exactly think, I what think I was appointment viewing. It happens anymore. Are there anything for you? That's appointment viewing. Now I watch everything on demand. The one thing you would think would be live sports, right? Well, it is. And first of all, we should mention this. People talk about ratings as raw numbers. The NBA and live sports in general still own marketing dollars. Yeah, There's still absolutely. a lot of money going into them, even though it's fewer yeah. people, because it is what you're saying, a captive live audience, which is king. Mm-hmm. It's just well, smaller I, people. I, I, I kind of wonder if they could find some better way to generate appointment viewing that also, by the way, markets the entire league. Like there, there, there were, there were nobody, everybody was shocked by what Jamal Murray was doing this year. And it was fantastic what he was doing in the postseason, but you know, the, the resilience of that team, people in Denver, I'm sure were like, no, actually this is, they've been resilient all year. Maybe not to this extent, but, but no, this was, this was a bit of a storyline out here. And there were teams like in, in Miami. Well, actually, to your point, and I think this is actually we don't we can just put a pin in this, but yeah, you know, Denver wasn't on television locally this year. The Nuggets weren't, or the Avalanche. Both teams were really good, and the really reason dumb. for that, 
a little bit. I look, I think that there's a lot you can throw at and just say, look, at the end of the day, the owners need to like make sure that their product is available to the masses and mm-hmm. they weren't. But one of the things is, and I think this is coming for a lot of teams. It's very hard to monetize through cable package anymore because nobody has cable. And if that's your yeah. only way to make money, it's going to get harder and harder in my opinion for a lot of these markets to say, how can we successfully broadcast this if we have to pay for it? Um, and it happened to the Nuggets this year because the Nuggets 20 years ago or 15 years ago started their own media company. So they are a one-off. There's other teams that have media conglomerates. So they're part of NBC Northwest or they're part mm-hmm. of Fox Sports, Arizona, whatever it is. But even those are starting to get less and less profitable and more, more difficult to distribute. And mm-hmm. I, I just think it happened with Denver first, but I kind of think it might come for other markets. This is another thing that adds to Adam Silver's growing list of things that are like, oh, wow, we have tough problems to solve ahead in order to sustain the lead at the same level that it's always been. Yep. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, Lakers play the Heat tonight. By the time oh. you guys are listening to this, uh, my question to you, Adam, is: Do you think uh, do you think the series ends tonight? I don't, man. I, the Lakers are wearing their Mambas, and I just don't see Jimmy Butler losing when when in, when those jerseys are out there. I I can't really share that. Nope. I'm not even going to share it now. I'm going <laughs> to tell you after the show because it's 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 a take that would get me canceled for sure. So uh, I, I believe that the Lakers, I believe that the Lakers uh, win tonight and, and celebrate championship number 17. Uh, I hope people watch. I, I, cause I, we just saw this in the, in the, in the, in game four, that even though the Lakers won, Miami put an insane fight together to where it did take some, some LeBron heroics down the stretch. It did take Anthony Davis hitting a huge three pointer. I, and, and I think there's plenty of reason to watch here if for nothing else, I just know that Miami is going to work their butts off to not make it easy on the Lakers. Unlike, you know, yeah. some other teams that the Lakers played to get to this point. You think the Nuggets laid down to the Lakers? No, I was thinking of the Rockets. But Oh, well, yeah, they did. They definitely did. Yeah. Blazers I also had nobody think, healthy like, at the end of it. I don't think the Rockets are good for the league. That's going to do it for this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this episode of... <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, we'll see if this is indeed the final version of this podcast with basketball for the 2020-2021 season, the longest season in the history of the NBA. I also wonder if that was in, in a factor. But anyway, uh, we will be back to we now have the draft lined up if this is indeed where it ends we have the draft lined up free agency lined up adam silver is talking about getting going somehow still in at yeah. christmas which is insane to me uh so that means we have to squeeze an entire off season into roughly four weeks uh so for now have a great weekend out there everybody please stay safe and adam and i will be back to talk to you next friday